Welcome back. Let's continue this discussion of what obedience looks like during your trials. If Romans 8.28 is requiring us to be obedient in our trials, what does that look like? Talking about this idea of keeping, keeping moving forward. You know, something that Paul talked about, this pressing on, just keeping moving forward. This idea that we continue to move forward, even though we don't have understanding. That's faith. We don't have understanding of where we're going. We don't have understanding of the future. We don't know what's going to happen, but we keep moving forward. How do we do that? You know, how do we continue to move forward? Because when you move forward with uncertainty, that's faith. So I talked a little bit about this quote from Albert Einstein. I don't believe that he meant this quote of riding a bicycle and moving forward um, for the very purposes that I'm using it, but I do believe that God can work things together with those who keep moving forward. He can work these things into good. When we get up every day, we do the things we're supposed to be doing, we keep focusing on God, and we keep waiting on God. The focus is not necessarily on what God is doing, but what you should be doing, on what you're supposed to be doing. So we're not necessarily questioning God and whether God's going to work it out for us or when God is going to work it out for us. But the focus is on the present, one day at a time, the trust, and that's not very easy. I mean, it's not very easy for someone that wants to know the future. We seem to kind of have that need that we need to know what, you know, know the future, know why things have happened. You know, it's very uncomfortable for us to see the future. You know, I made the statement many, many times that God is not concerned about your comfort. God is concerned about you. Um, God's job is not to make you comfortable. God wants your faith. You know, moving forward without knowing the future is uncomfortable. But that's what we're supposed to do. That is what God wants from us. So for those of the fixers that are listening, um, this is especially directed to you. You know, look at look at Joseph. Look at look at his process uh, that happened in his life that that good was created. See how he was faithful to the moment. Sold into slavery. He wasn't he wasn't complaining. He was living every day, making the best of his situation, getting up every day, being a faithful influence in the world around him. That is, that is what I believe is the quantifier for God to bring good in our lives. When you have things in your life that you do not feel are good, quite often I believe it's because we are doing something to prevent God. We are doing something to keep God from, from living, from, from helping us through our trials. Getting up every day, living one step at a time is not easy especially when you don't know the future. But really, that's what I believe the Bible means when it talks about casting your cares. That's really what casting your cares means, is that we're sitting back, we're trusting God to take care of these things in our life. We don't know what the outcome is. It's very uncomfortable for us. We'd like to know. Uh, but we're trusting God to take care, to be the great change agent, to take care of these things. And all of this comes back to my daughter. And my daughter's situation, she was in a terrible accident. 
uh, it was an awful accident, and you know, there's just all these unknowns. We didn't know whether she was going to live. We didn't know whether or not she would lose a limb, which was also very common for the type of electrical burn that she had. Uh, we didn't know what her care would have been in the future. We didn't know. We didn't really know anything. We didn't know how the medical bills would be paid. We were in the hospital 24/7. We didn't know how our bills would be paid. How would our, both my wife and I had a business? How in the world are we going to run that business? How are we going to keep things going? How are we going to take care of our son? I mean, there were just so many things coming against us in that situation. We just didn't know. But we needed to keep moving forward. You know, one thing I've learned is that God does not give us a playbook. You know, fixers like playbooks. We like to know what's going to happen before it happens. We like to anticipate what's going to happen. We like to control circumstances so that we can get the outcomes that we want. But God doesn't give me a playbook. He 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 just I, I wish he would, but unfortunately it, it's just the way it is. And what it calls you to do is is do the right thing even when nothing is happening, even when you don't know anything, even when you're uncertain about the future. So I have three trials for you. Uh, not three trials, three challenges in the midst of your trials. Um, just some takeaways and some things that were helpful for me. And one of those things was that I, I needed to learn how to turn my brain off. You know, the biggest problem with the fixer is they think too much. They think too much about outcomes. They think too much about what's going to go on. They think too much about where what's going to happen down the road. And you've just got to learn to turn your brain off. In fact, um, I can remember very clearly, um, people ask me every now and then, you know, what? tell me about the time in the hospital. Tell me about the time with your daughter. You know, what, what was the most difficult time? And there was a lot of very difficult days, but interestingly enough, the, the most difficult time for me was about the five to seven minutes every morning that I drove from our house in Homewood down to Children's Hospital. And this was typically about 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. And my, what my wife and I did was she would take the night shift, I would take the day shift. And I would show up at the hospital about 5.30 in the morning, and then she would show up about dinner time to relieve me, and I would go home and sleep. And the most difficult time for me was that drive down to the Children's Hospital because it was very quiet, uh, it was dark, there, was, there weren't any cars on the road. I was driving down 280, and my brain would start thinking about things. You know, most of the time when we were in the hospital, there were so many things going on. There were so many people going everywhere. Uh, you didn't really have time to think. You didn't really have time to worry about what was going on. You were so focused on what was going on that day and that minute. But that, but that first five, seven minutes of the day, that drive down there was brutal for me because it was quiet, and that's when my mind started thinking, you know, what's going to happen? Is this going to be the last day that I'm going to see my daughter alive? You know, what, what's going to happen today? What's going to be the outcome of the surgery? Or what's going to be the outcome of the test? And that's when I just felt bombarded. And so the takeaway is how important it is if you're if you're like that if you're a fixer how important it is to learn how to turn your brain off 
You've got to learn how to turn it, turn your brain off, trust God, allow God to do the things, to be the great change agent that he is and the specialty of working things out for us. And sometimes you just need to shut up. You need to shut off your brain. You need to stop thinking about everything. Stop worrying about what's going to happen in the future. And another challenge is... Um, that you really need to think about whether or not you're following God or you asking God to follow you. And this comes back to the trust element. You know, a lot of times going through the day, I feel like um, I'm really trusting God and I'm following God, but the reality is I'm really asking God to follow me. And this falls back to that personality of being the fixer. Um, Fixers tend to come up with the problem, come up with the solutions for the problems, and then pray for God to bless them, make them work out. And sometimes we're very guilty of of not following God, asking God to follow us. And I just would want to challenge you if you're like that. And then finally, I want to challenge you if you're not sure, if you're in a difficult situation, you're not sure where to go. You know, ask yourself what's in your heart. And I really believe that's how God speaks to us. And there were so many decisions when our daughter was in the hospital, um, difficult medical decisions, various forms of treatment, various things that we had to do. Uh, We had a lot of people around us um, telling us what to do. And we had to make some difficult decisions. And we just had to go with what was in our heart. And if you're not sure where to go, then I'd encourage you to listen to your heart, not necessarily listen to everybody around you. And I know that's difficult sometimes. And just to close this, I want to kind of set up the topic um, for next week that's especially important, and that is worry, because the greatest enemy of the fixer is worry. And that's probably the things that trip you up the most when it comes to trusting God, pressing forward, all these things that we're talking about, you know, fulfilling the role that you have in Romans 8, 28. You cannot do that when you worry. And worry has probably been the greatest challenge of my life, learning how to deal with worry, learning how to, you know, how to trust God, how to deal with that worry in my life, what happens when things happen to me, Uh, that caused me to be upset, you know, not knowing what's going on. You know, this idea of pressing forward without understanding is pretty difficult when you worry all the time. But, you know, worry brings into question the very nature and character of God. It really brings into question that. You know, do you believe in God? Do you believe God is good? Do you believe God cares about you? Do you believe that God wants the best for you? Do you believe that everything that happens to you is going to be filtered through the hands of God? There's not going to be anything that comes against you that God is not going to use in a positive way. I mean, do you believe these things? Because when you worry, you bring in the very nature, question the very nature and character of God. I mean, all these attributes that we're talking about God, worry counters them. You know, a, a life of worry is not, not only is it not a lot of fun, but it's one because it, it really hurts your faith. 
because worry sees the problems that you have in faith in front of you and not necessarily the faith in the God that will walk you through it. And so that wraps up our time for today. We'll continue with this discussion and talking about worry next time. You've been listening to Insights with Phil Wilson, an Alabama registered investment advisor. Learn more by visiting his website at ssmistakes.com or by calling 205-868-9297.